get Van der Sar in as director of football because he's done a cracking job at Ajax. Get Ten Hag in as manager. Spend the money on it. Oli is out. He's no longer at the wheel. <laughs> he, he took his armband, his captain's armband off, and he literally, I mean, he, he, he didn't even pass it to Bruno. He threw it at him. crap yesterday watching Man United play and then today we hear that he's finally gone so I've gone from being really sad well perhaps sad is not the right word depressed angry depressed and angry yeah absolutely thinking it cannot get worse and every single game it does yeah to being relieved that it's all over and that Ollie has been put out of his misery probably the best way to put it yeah I mean that's fair I don't know whether we just started the podcast or not but you know as well, but I mean, you do sound sad still, though. Uh, it's hard. I, I was absolutely on the Ollie out bandwagon, probably a better way of describing it. Yeah, um, he he what he did when he came in, forever grateful. He stabilized the club, he got rid of sort of the toxic atmosphere that was there. Yeah, uh, was very prevalent after Mourinho was there. He um went on a ridiculously good run, but as is often the case with uh, with United and some other clubs. We we were ruled by emotion and not our brains. Yep. And he got given the gig permanently when he shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, and I think even the most diehard, ardent Man United fan would have seen that this was probably the most likely outcome. We'd have all loved him to have succeeded and you know, yeah, taken us to trophy number twenty two or whatever it is 21 uh 21 sorry um yep. but the the chances that happening especially with Klopp Tuchel and, and Pep in the league were very very slim and unfortunately it's come to pass that yeah he's proved that he was woefully out of his depth yeah so for those of you who are unaware of what we're talking about right now we've jumped on this podcast because very quickly we need to go through the great news that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been sacked by Manchester United. Now, it's great news for Ben. Ben's a Manchester United fan, which means that you, Ben, now get to basically have somebody come in and hopefully will be of a better quality and try and bring the club back round. But for everyone else, it's a bit crap because we've wanted him out for a while because we just find it funny that he's still there and now he's going to leave and someone's going to come in and probably make you a better team. So you mentioned, obviously, how you got here, Oli had a couple of months in charge uh, about three years ago and won some good games. On the back of that, you had people like Rio Ferdinand turning around and going, oh, he's at the wheel. Oh, he's at the wheel. This is great. you know." And it seemed like a a little bit of a rise, which was fine. Um, And then nothing really happened for a few years. You came second last year. If we're being honest, it's because Liverpool didn't have a defence for half the season. Chelsea had Frank Lampard in charge for half the season, didn't know how to get the team working. Tuchel came in. Um, had Tuchel been in charge the whole of last season, I think we'd have probably come second before you. Um, so I don't, people that are going, oh, we came second last year and you can't think about all the different stuff that's going to change it. I think are morons because you have to think about why it's there. Um, you know, the reason Leicester won the 
league the year they won the league is because yes they were fantastic but everyone else is also not great so you have to think yeah. about it so we just want to jump on and get your your thoughts on it really quickly i know that you like ollie as a person yeah dislike his management style and isn't that the problem that it's been for yeah. the last few years yeah, yeah. so yeah there's uh there'll always be a lot of love and respect for Raleigh uh, yeah. at United simply because of he was a legend as a player. Yeah. Um, he's a good guy at the end of the day. He's, he's one of those nice guys that you just, you want to succeed, but you just know isn't, isn't cut out for it at, at the highest level to, to yeah. compete for the sort of the major trophies, leading uh, massive clubs. Uh, you know, you don't get the experience or all the the, the capability of managing teams like that if your managerial career is mould and Cardiff where mold, he failed Mulder. miserably. Can I just point out? Moulder, yeah, sorry. And, and Cardiff where he <laughs> failed miserably. So, yeah. you know, when he came in as an interim, he was he was given the job to the end of the season. He came in off the back of Mourinho, yeah, year three Mourinho where the whole place was toxic, where he had thrown three quarters of the squad under the bus. Yeah. Um, he Mourinho wasn't backed in, in his final transfer window. He wanted to sign a few players like Perisic when he was at uh, Inter Milan. Yeah. Didn't get him. Um, didn't he want to sign Harry Maguire as well? And I think I think he did, but but Harry Maguire was about forty million pound then and not. Million. we played the following year um, we'll get on to Harry Maguire in a bit um, <laughs> as you can imagine so, so when um, when Oli came in yeah. he, his, his first job was to was to get rid of the toxicity get the team pulling together start playing a bit more of uh, attacking football um, and, but, and he just, did that Oli I think I remember this right Oli didn't come in as just an interim manager, he came in as an interim manager who was still the Molder manager. Do you remember this? Yeah, so he was because Norway season is like Norway season is like June to December or something like that. Yeah, so he actually came in and he wasn't. It was basically like you know when we used to get MLS players on loan. I used yeah. to have, I think Landon Donovan went to Everton and you had Henri went to Arsenal and people like that. I think this is very similar in the sense that that's what was set up, that, okay, you're going to come in in, what, February or March, whatever it was, and you're going to take us through to the end of the season. And then, obviously, like, so he wasn't even, he was nowhere near their thoughts as permanent manager at that point. No. He came in to, to stabilise the club. He knew he knew the way United was supposedly run and set up on the back uh, back. Uh, areas of the club he, yeah. he was he was there to come in and basically you know, breathe some fresh air into into the into the playing squad yeah. and to be fair he did that and he you know we went on a like a 12 match unbeaten run he he turned it around I think the first game we played was against Cardiff funny enough we scored 5-1 or whatever yeah. um, and you could see the the relief of not having the pressure or, or uh, the hassle or the issues of playing under Mourinho yeah United fans got completely swept up by it, culminated in, you know, beating PSG away, which will be forever be a highlight for United fans on, uh, from but his reign. With, with a penalty, though, wasn't it? It wasn't... Uh... Yeah, it, it was a last-minute penalty, yeah, but we, we were effectively out, out of the tour, uh, out of the Champions League until he got that, uh, yeah, yeah. that last-minute the last-minute penalty Rashford put away. Um, Did you now, get caught up in the commotion oh, of Oli? A- absolutely. Oli's at the wheel, singing it, loving it, absolutely hero, you know, legend as a player, loved him as a player. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't, 
I will say I wasn't convinced that he was the right man to, to get the job permanently. I didn't sort of, you know, do the, the whole Rio overreacting and all that. Yeah. I, I was perfectly happy with him to have the, have the job to the end of the season. Um, but we got caught up in the emotion of things. The board yeah. did. They, the, the board sort of said, you know, he's, he's won every game since he's come in. He's played really well. The, 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 there's a whole bounce around the place. He, yeah. They had to give it to him. They, they, so they, they gave it to him. And then I think the last seven games we played that season, we won one and... Well, yeah, we drew or lost the last six games. So, yeah. so you could see straight away that it was only to the point where Oli got it, got the gig full time permanently. Yeah, yeah. That, that we were we were playing well, and then as soon as he got that, you could see the results sort of tailed off. Um, Why do you think so that, that was though? Immediately, because it's it's a strange one, isn't it? I I don't necessarily. I know there's normally a bounce when a new manager comes in. Like that's that's relatively normal, isn't it? You know, we saw Stephen Gerrard get a win for Aston Villa this weekend. We saw Dean Smith get a win for Norwich. We saw Eddie Howe, although he wasn't in the stadium. Like his team got a draw in a really difficult game. Um, so, at, at what point did do you think it was a, a managerial buzz, then incompetency, and why was it that were they like, oh, well, we're all safe now. Ollie's in, and he's never going to sack us all because he's united through and through. What did you think it was? Do you know what? I, I don't know. Um, he, he did the, the sort of the, the 12 game unbeaten run uh, as an interim. And I think the players were playing off the, yeah. off the, the bounce of, of the new manager, of the being yeah. able to go out and express themselves. You know, we were playing 4-3-3. Um, and one of the advantages he had in that 4-3-3 was he had Matic and Herrera and Pogba as his three, mm-hmm. which left the three up, uh, three up front, uh, Rashford, yeah. Martial, uh, whoever Greenwood uh, yeah. could could attack more, um, but then the next season where okay yeah we finished we finished second that season yeah we've talked about you know it was COVID there was no teams uh, no fans in the grounds and stuff we we had this ridiculously up, uh, long unbeaten away record you know yeah but um, he started playing far more uh, but well no sorry that's not right he he could set us up to counter attack teams we we were great on the counter attack yeah. against against Chelsea against City you know, we, we, we yeah. beat Chelsea four 0 we beat City two 0 in fact the City two 0 game was was absolute counter attacking uh, Tomlin scored a lot but it was the last game before COVID that, that fans were in the ground so I, I've yeah. seen Chelsea play Manchester United twice and we lost both times and that was very recently so that was the time where Rashford scored that absolute worldie of a free kick yeah and it was the yeah. time when Harry Maguire kicked Mishibashwai in the knob and got away with it yeah uh, and John, not to say he didn't have luck and he got away with uh, a fair few things but he could set us up to counter-attack teams really well yeah um, we were playing 4-3-3 we were counter-attacking we had a very solid experienced and, and I'd say clever midfield they weren't you know Matic and Herrera were you, you wouldn't say uh, uh, world-class centre midfielders but they were very clever they were experienced they knew what yeah. they, were, they needed to do and they just sort of let Pogba be a bit, bit more free yeah then he could set us up in that way. Then what happened was we started playing teams that were happy to give us the ball and sit back in a low block. And he just could not figure out a way of beating those sorts of teams. And strange, that's not... Yeah, strange yeah. that an attacking manager knows how to defend well, but can't set them up to yeah. play well on attack. Well, this is, this is I mean, this is last season. So he's, yeah, so he he could get us uh, defending well and countering well. 
but that's the only thing. He could not figure out patterns of play. He couldn't figure out ways of breaking teams with a low block down. You know, and that culminated in things like last season. Uh, was it last season? Yeah. We um, we lost to Sheffield United, um, yeah. I think, at their ground. And they hadn't picked up a point or uh, they hadn't won a game that up until that point that season. We were like second in the league at the time and they were bottom. Yeah. Um, so there was, yeah. there was, you could see there was something not quite right. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, so he so he couldn't, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, yeah, we, we 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 could play a counter attack against teams that were happy to have the ball. So City, uh, your Liverpools, your, your Chelsea's that, that, that were comfortable on the ball would would come out and attack us, and, and yeah. they'd be set up perfectly for us. We would counter and we would do really well. Um, but it was those other games that we dropped points in, which were teams that would sit back, your Burnleys, your Sheffield United, your, uh, your teams that were happy to concede possession to United, mm-hmm. and, and we wouldn't know what to do with it. And that's where we, we dropped points. Um, and so, I think, if you, yeah. sorry, just one last thing before uh, your next question, or whatever, was, um, was the signing of Bruno in January. That, that effectively kept him in a job. Yeah, because um, Bruno came in and did an absolute wonderful, like he just did a wonderful job yeah. of of being able to play attacking football without needing to necessarily be managed to do it. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing that Ronaldo's got, isn't it? Where he basically if if something's not happening, he'll try and make it happen. Now, Bruno's not done that in the last two, three, four months. Um so the the question I did have actually, so Ollie's time as manager. You look at the players that he brought in, and I'm going to go into the top. How many is here? You got the top nine, basically top ten. Because I don't think Ronaldo's in this list. Because obviously the finances on that were a bit weird, weren't they? Um, so coming in at number nine, you've got a chap called Palestri, who I've never heard of. Yeah, Fernando uh, Palestri. He's currently on loan at Alaves, somewhere in Spain. So he's been, young, young Uruguayan. Same, same so he's been sent straight out. Yeah, Odi Nagalo who is not with you anymore, who no. was brought in basically for attacking cover. Um, last, last game, of the, uh, last day of the transfer window, we'd already, and, and this would bring us, if we're going to talk about Watford and the result yesterday, um, we had bid £30 million for Josh King, yeah. obviously Norwegian, ex-Man United, like youth player. Yeah. Uh, Ollie knew him, he managed him before. We bid £30 million to Bournemouth that day, the last day of the season. We, we told them apparently to give us a decision by like one o'clock. And by the time yeah. Bournemouth had decided that they were going to sell him, we'd already gone and got Igalo instead. So we saved ourselves 30 million, but we got Igalo. Well, you didn't because the loan fee was 10 million. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. But, the, but no, no, I'm not picking holes in what you're saying there. But hmm. well, I mean, realistically, if you'd have bought Josh King for 30 million, and sold him for 20 million six months later or a year and a half later, whatever it was, you'd have had the same finances, but someone who was actually there at the club. Agarlo had a good, a good start, but he's not the sort yeah. of, he's not the sort of player that United deserve. You then got Alex Tellers, who yeah. doesn't appear to have done a great deal. I mean, I don't think so, that helps with the fact that Luke Shaw has been absolutely yeah. insane. So, so, so Tellers came in, and I, I remember when we signed him, because I, I knew, obviously, Brazil, international 
played at Porto. I think he was captain of Porto. He, sc- he scores all yeah. that. He scored penalties, scored free kicks. He scored loads of goals. He was yeah. with Chelsea a few years uh, previously, I remember. Everyone's linked um, with Chelsea, mate. Don't, it doesn't make him special. That's true. <laughs> um, but he came in and I was convinced that he would be the one to take over that left, left-sided place. Yeah. I remember his, on his debut, the first thing he did, he came on and he... Probably he bent, gave the ball away. No, no, no. No, he bent two superb crosses in. From left, oh, back. really? And we and all the United fans and and me and everyone I was watching it with in the pub was like, you know, like shocked. We put a cross in from like a yeah, left back yeah. cross in because Shaw very rarely crosses the ball. But credit to Luke Shaw because I always said, you know, he, he he always looks out out of shape. He looks overweight. He looks sort of like the yeah. Rooney sort of body shape where you know that if he's not he's not working out or you know not in the gym all the time, he's going to pile it on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and fair credit to him. Teller's coming in and gave Shaw the biggest kick up the backside that he's needed for a long time. And he yeah. he went on sort of an 18-month run of like arguably being the best left back in the league. He was superb for for, for at least 18 months. Um arguably yeah. being the key word there, but we'll get into that yeah, at yeah. another time. We, yeah, we can argue, of course we can. Um but um so so Alex Teller's now, looked good, but then Luke yeah. Shaw basically came in yeah, to form. Yeah, this game. The and, and that means that Teller's has basically had 18 months, or he's had yeah, about 18 months now where he's not really had a game yeah. after actually only being there for yeah, two... No, he's only been there a year, so it's not even 18 months. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. basically came in last October, so he's only been there a year, a year and a month. Um, October's outside the transfer window. It couldn't have been there. Ah, uh, it was COVID, wasn't it? So they pushed back the transfer window. Oh, yes, that's right. I yeah. Daniel James, now of Leeds, you obviously made a profit on him, yeah. but you still spent sixteen million pound on Daniel yeah, James. Yeah. He didn't work. No, so he he. Um, there's a couple of things with Dan James, and that's to say, you know, he, he's a nice guy. He clearly wasn't good enough. He was recommended to to the club by Giggs, obviously. That sort of Giggs was managing Wales. Um, yeah. he had already had his photos taken with at Leeds. Yeah, uh, before, yeah, yeah. before we signed him, uh, he then came to us. Um, we got uh, two years out of him, or a year and a half out of him, whatever, and we sold him at a profit. You know, yeah. he he scored on his debut against Chelsea. He he was quite unlucky. I think his yeah, father passed. His, his father passed away like quite or just before he joined United, or, or just after he joined United. So he had a bit of a, a bit of a, a tough time of it, um, yeah. and he never really settled. Settled. He never really. Uh, kicked on the way we wanted him to do. Um, he, yes, very quick, uh, absolutely superbly fast. It was, it was good for sort of the counter-attacking football that we wanted to play or, yeah. or social wanted to play. But he, um, technique, control, football intelligence, he was lacking that in in spades. And it was quite frustrating to see him, you know, miscontrol a simple pass. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, not, not put a cross into the right place. He scored a few good goals. He scored one at Southampton, which was a great goal for us. But, yeah. um, you know, Leeds wanted him. We got a profit on him. I, I, you know, I was glad to see him go, if I'm honest. So he, sc- he scored today as well for Leeds, didn't he? At Spurs. Uh, yes, he did actually. Yeah, he scored the first goal, didn't he? Um, Ahmad Diallo, obviously a young one, 20 million Youngster, pounds from Atalanta. From Atalanta fee rising up to um, about um, 40 million, depending with. on things. This, this is the last person on this list that is not going to be slightly controversial in some way. So, you know, feel feel good I mean, about him. The fact that he's a future prospect, he's not yeah. messed anything up yet. No, um, he, came, I think we, he came with a big reputation from um, 
from Italy, but uh, at Atalanta where he was. Um, but he's very young, isn't he? He's not. He's young. Not, it's not like he's a young twenty-one-year-old who were like, oh, he's young, but he's still got sort of capacity to do this. He's nineteen, yeah. um, and he's coming into a team where his role is basically the same as, um, you know, Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, yeah. Sancho, mm-hmm. Hervia. So. We'll go, I'll, I'll skip past him because he's not done much yet. No. Next on the list, uh, a guy called Donny van der Beek scored the last goal in the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer era. There's a bit of a sweet irony about that, isn't there? I call um, it poetic, and I still yeah. stick by it. I think yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. I think from an, so, can I just give you an outsider's view first? Yeah, sure. Outsider's view is that Donny looked incredible at Ajax. I watched him score against Chelsea in the Champions League when we drew 4-4 with them I was in the stadium and he just looked insane no Ajax fans there and he just absolutely took everything on his shoulders and he got a goal but he looked great he looked great throughout that whole time and, and the season before that when obviously they got to the final Um, and it just looked like he got to United and a bit of pressure got on him and just Ollie didn't want to play him or he didn't feel confident enough to play him so, does that feel the same to you? Uh, I don't I don't think that it was pressure on Donny I just don't think Solskjaer gave him a, a fair chance. And I think most Man United fans yeah. would agree with that. Because um, he, he scored on his debut uh, for United. Against I Palace, it was, wasn't it? It was against Palace. Yeah, we lost a yeah. uh, Um He scored on his debut. He clearly, you could see he had that Ajax brain. He, he was very uh, he's very technical. He's very clever. He, he's cute. He, he knows the, the, the passing. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's, he's very good at linking sort of uh, midfield and attack and he does all of those sorts of things but for some reason well, he, he wasn't a favourite of Ollie. Ollie would stick with McTominay he just wasn't a favourite he just didn't want to play him did he? he just didn't want to play him and I think it got to the point where so many people saying why is Donny not playing why is Van der Beek not playing that he um uh, Ollie, Ollie got to the point where he couldn't he almost felt like he probably couldn't play him because yeah. if, if Donny came on and played well it, it would like show yesterday for making mistakes. Yeah. So yesterday um, we were texting during the game and that, and I think um, he came on and was was you know it's not saying much because we lost four one, but oh he no, it's best player. I, I think if in you about take ten minutes of being on the pitch, if you isolate his performance and take away the result, it's a seven and a half or eight out of ten for me. Yeah. Oh, he, was he our scores best the goal. Yeah. And he actually played really good football, but yeah. then you, you obviously lost four one, so you. you you know, he ends up as probably a five or something yeah. or a six, right? But yeah, it, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, like you say, it's 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 sad that it got to the point where it is the day that Ollie basically got sacked that he he brought him on because you kind of think, you know, had Ollie had some balls and just gone, you know, I don't care what people say, I'm gonna put Donny on the pitch. Yeah. So yeah. Donny, I think everyone can agree he's been but, hard yeah, done and, by. And I think just just to talk about about Dolly and, and and now that Ollie's gone I, I hope he stays and I hope the next person that comes in gives him that opportunity to 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 play even if he's you know if he wants to go I think you saw against Watford yesterday you know everyone was saying the midfield two the midfield pivot uh, yeah the, the sort of fortune should be Matic and, and Van der Beek uh, not Fred and Tomane like it has been for, for basically experience long. and pace yeah we're going but, there. but in the end he went with he went with uh, Matic and McTominay. McTominay, all right, Bruno's clearance, whatever it was, led to McTominay giving away a penalty in about the sixth minute. But um, but you could see that even then, Solskjaer didn't want to play. And it was only at halftime when we were two yeah. down, were absolutely shockingly bad that he uh, he had to make changes. Brought Van der Beek on. 
Yeah. And within 10 minutes, Van der Beek had scored one. He played some through balls. It, you know, uh, if Ronaldo had better finishing in that game, he could have, he could have had two assists, Donny. Yeah. But, um, I, I, and do you know what? Uh, just talking about him, at the end of last season, yeah. in, in the transfer window, Everton came in for Donny. Yeah. And he said, I want to go. And Solskjaer convinced him to stay. He said he was going to use him more. And, and within the first sort of six or seven games, he played maybe five minutes. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe he played like I think he played one half in. Uh, he played. He started in the Carly the Carabao Cup. Sorry, um, and then we had <laughs> That's you know, a flashback, started, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's but, but Carling um, Cup. <laughs> I can't think who it was. Someone got sent off in the Worthington so we, Cup. Yeah, whatever it was, <laughs> Carling Cup, yeah, Rumbelow's Cup. Um, so um, he started in that. Someone got sent off for us. Obviously, yeah. we lost. And he took Van der Beek off at halftime. Yeah. yeah or, just a kick in the teeth, and it? It's just... It, Especially when you see how he played yesterday, practice. when yeah. when, he's, when, he's, he's, he, when he can play so well. So um, we'll skip past the next one, because I think he's been all right defensively, but I don't think he's great in attack, and I don't think he's worth £50 million. wan Oh. You know, I don't think he's, he's worth that money. Great, I think great he's... Great defender. He's, no, he's nowhere near... He's an all right defender. He's a good right. defender. He's not a great defender. So, the way, so, he's been out of position. I mean, we're not going to spend too much time on yeah, it because no. he, he's what he is and he's not been the worst one out of the bunch. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, he's been responsible for enough. a lot of your goals recently. Yeah, um, Bruno, enough. we've already mentioned. Yeah, Bruno was is probably the best money you've ever spent as a football club. Not even joking. No, well. Because, uh, because it, he's... Post, post Fergie, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah but yeah. in terms of the money that it is for fifty-six and a half million pound for a player that is world class, you know, who can just turn a game on its head yeah. with a, with some skill. Yeah. Um, Harry Maguire is the next one, eighty million quid. <sighs> I don't want to spend too much time on him because I want to spend more time on the United manager situation. But Maguire actually take away the last two months, take away the few bad performances he's had, in my opinion, and add in the fact that he has basically made a solid defence at times for United. I think he has a lot of potential. He's come out as a bit of a wimp in the last sort of couple of months by saying, oh, I, you know, I'm not, being captain is very stressful. Yeah, being captain is very stressful. But, you know, you can't just say it because you've had a couple of bad games. Go into that, that dressing room and, and you know, shout at people get people on side and then obviously get sent off capitulated oh, the whole thing didn't it honestly we, we've, we've spoken about Harry Maguire enough I gave him my red card a week a couple of weeks ago a couple of podcasts ago <laughs> honestly you you know uh, so it, it wasn't shown on a match of the day or or, uh, or on Sky game. yeah on Sky when uh, when he did oh, get it wasn't sent on Sky, off was it? No, no, it at the game off. that we were definitely yeah. at and that's how we yeah. watched it yeah um, he, he when he got sent off, he, he took his armband, his captain's armband off, and he literally, I mean, he he, he didn't even pass it to Bruno. He threw it at him like full pelt. Yeah. I, I think he's he's fed up. He's annoyed. He's not played well. Um, he's let the team down as captain. I thought he, he doesn't lead by example. He, he's no. um, yeah. We spoke about the, you know the the cup in your ears, the, the the celebration for scoring a header against Albania and San Marino. Yeah. He, he, you know, he should have had the captaincy taken off of him straight after after the Greece incidents when he got invited got got in trouble with the police and the authorities over yeah. in Greece uh, last summer. Um, and we, we spoke about him as captain. You know, I don't know if if he 
if he gives it up and, and hands it to to someone else, it, it can only go to you know Ronaldo or Bruno. I just I think, can't, can you imagine if you were Ronaldo and Harry Maguire is trying to inspire you or motivate you to, to put effort in? You're gonna be looking. Yeah, at but I don't think that's I don't think that's really how like captaincy works. I think we see captaincy from the outside as we're going that's that team's leader and that's the person who's going to G up everyone. Whereas actually, if you listen to people, I, I remember listening to um, Gary, uh, Jamie Carragher talk about him and, and Stevie G. And he basically said that Gerard used to lead from the front in the sense that he would play well and everyone else would be inspired by that. Whereas in the the dressing room, Cara was the one who was screaming at people. Diddy Haman was the person screaming at people and Sammy Hippier and you know, all these different players. So it takes yeah, a team. I, I the problem that... is United, you haven't got that. You've got Ronaldo. No. You've yeah. got, I would say, I'd argue you've got Ronaldo, who's the person who's going to lead from there. He's the biggest character out of the lot. You've probably got people that I would imagine like De Gea that probably get involved. You've probably got Bruno gets involved at times, but you, you haven't got... You haven't got the same as like I, I texted you earlier about Chelsea, where you've got Azpilicueta, you've got Thiago, you've got Rudiger, you've got Edward Mendy, who's becoming quite a leader. You've got Jorginho, Kovacic, who lead from the middle. Kante's a bit of a leader as well at times. You've got all these different players that if anyone's off the pitch, you've got that other person screaming at them saying, do that. Harry Maguire's not that guy, is he? Yeah, no, you haven't got no, that anywhere else. No, no, he's not. I think I, I do think there are different types of captains. I mean, I always sort of looked at comparison. You know, like David Beckham was England captain wasn't a shouter, but he no. he worked his backside off and, and he worked harder than anybody else. And I think because of that, he insp- yeah. you know, he, he he pushed other players to play. Because he was iconic. Well, yeah. But then if yeah. you compare him to someone like Patrick Vieira or Roy Keane, they, they were completely different types of, of captains. They were yeah. vocal, they were they were dominating in their position. They they sort of, you know, if you didn't if you didn't do right, they'd pull you up on it. That's that's yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's a very different way of captaincy. Um, but that's getting off on a tangent. Harry Maguire is, is neither of those. He doesn't lead by example, he can't organize a defense. Um, he's woefully out of form and shouldn't have been played, but that's we, we'll talk about that with the manager. Um, yeah, and 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 you can't imagine he's the sort of person that will pull you up if you're not playing well or, yeah, or you yeah. make a mistake in the game. He's not going to dig you out, is he? He's not. He's not at all. No. Um, and then so we, then we've got three other players that actually aren't on this list because I've just gone from fee rather than anything else. They're players that don't really need much explanation because I think they've done particularly well or not had the chance. Rafael Varane hasn't had the chance yet to play well because he's been in a really crap team. Um, and been injured as well. You've got Ronaldo, who is obviously just the enigma, the icon, who just is doing whatever he wants to do and doing it well. He can't pull a whole team up by, you know, the scruff of their neck. No. He, he can't drag them. So, but he's he's been the reason that you've won a lot of your games. And then you've got Edison Cavani, who's come in, done a solid job when he's played. He's a very good player. I think it's that was a risk. So it was one of those sort of Falcao type situations where yeah. everyone tried to sign Falcao at some point. Chelsea had him, you yeah. had him. Um, you know, but it's just a, an older South American striker yeah. that everyone's like, yeah. oh, they're a bit all right. Well, I've been, yeah. and then they don't play, but Cavani's done all right. Anyway, this, this, the, the next part of this whole whole thing is Solskjaer's gone. There are two elements that I want to talk about that you might not want to talk about because you might get too angry. The one element is what happens next. Who comes in next? And I wanted to talk about that with Donny a, a, a bit ago, but I don't think we've necessarily got time to do that unless people want to listen to us for nine hours, which we could talk about for nine hours, right? The next person who comes in basically has a decision to make on Harry Maguire, on Donny van der Beek. On Harry Maguire, it's, in my opinion, you come in and go, 
you're the captain of this football club. You were given it for a reason. You clearly someone sees something in you and you're clearly a decent player. Get a bit of attitude in you and kick these players up the arse. That's what I think that you do with Harry Maguire. Donny van der Beek, just let him play and just let, let him play. So those, those are the two things I wanted to mention about those. Right. Who comes in next? Zidane's not coming in because no. I've just seen on BBC that Zidane's not interested at all no. in becoming manager. Rightly so, so as well, because I yeah. don't think he's the right fit. No. So, so with, uh, with the Zidane thing, um, he's, he's gone on record saying he's not interested in managing in England. I think his, his wife has said she doesn't want to move to England. She doesn't want to, you know, he, you know, apparently he does speak English, but he just refuses to, not well, to yeah. speak it. He's, you know, he's, he's absolutely angling for the, the France job after the Qatar World Cup when Deschamps steps down. Um, and from what I've been reading, PSG have also sounded him out to replace uh, Poch in the summer. Who has been um, sounded out to replace Solskjaer in the summer. Apparently so. So there might, might be a little managerial merry-go-round uh, come that point. Normally however, is, however, however, that's not to say I would ever turn my nose up at Zidane. You know, he's obviously one of the best players Europe's ever had. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't, yes, you, people, some people say he lucked out with the team that he got when he went to Madrid, but, you know, he, he won La Liga with without Ronaldo after Ronaldo left, so it wasn't just yeah. uh, a team without... Yeah. Well, yeah, but he still he still had some of the best players in the world, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, that that... that Modric, Cruz, Casemiro midfield three was probably the best midfield three. Ramos, Pepe, in, Marcelo, in yeah, just, Carvajal. Just yeah, they, they were a superb team. And, um, you know, to win the Champions League three times in a row, you know. But this is the thing, you, isn't you, it? He you don't, had, you don't he, luck out with that. You don't, he had you know. Ronaldo. He had Ramos. He had Modric. He had what United don't Garibald. have, which is, uh, I mean, yeah, a bad person. Uh, not a bad person, but like, you know, bad attitude in my opinion, but not a person who um, is, is, you know, bad. But he had these huge personalities in the pitch that, in a way, managed themselves. You know, you, yeah. Ronaldo's never going to put his head down. Ronaldo never needs an arm on his shoulder, like probably yeah. not for the last 10 years. So Zidane's ruled himself out. And, yeah. and he's basically, and the reasons for it is basically that he does not see, he's not interested. Like you said, there's probably things that are coming yeah. up. He's linked with the French side with the PSG job. Yeah. So then the odds for replacement to Brendan Rodgers lost yesterday. Leicester lost to Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. Resoundingly so, as well. They yeah. were poor, Ben. Like, I yeah, know, Leicester were poor. I remember Leicester, watching, them, watching them play us. They absolutely, they hunted down, hunted us down in packs. Uh, Inacho, Vardy, they apps, uh, yeah, Tielemans, they absolutely, they swarmed yeah. all over our defence. Uh, but they've been poor Regardless recently, and but I think they're I think they're left in the bottom half of the table now, fifteen yeah. possibly, right? They are one of I think it's only them and possibly Norwich that have conceded more goals than Man United this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. We're, so I'm I am completely you know taking aside the fact that he's an ex Liverpool manager, which, <laughs> which for me should which for for Man United fans I think should be enough. I know he's a million times better than Solskjaer, and, and no, for he that isn't. Reason alone, no, he isn't. So, so, like, no, he is. He's better. Than, he's better than Solskjaer by by some distance. Um, however, uh, t- disregarding the fact he's ex Liverpool, he he is not the person to to take United to the next step. He might no. get us a bit more organised. He might. You know, sign a couple of players that might do all right, but I don't. I don't want him. I want it. You know, on record, I do not want Brendan Rodgers. So, so, he's, he's, so here, here's the thing, right? Here's yeah. the thing. Michael Carrick now comes in as caretaker, not interim yeah. caretaker. Yeah. 
So United have basically said they're going to appoint Michael Carrick for now until they find an interim manager. So yeah. basically what the incompetency within your board has said is let's get a temporary, temporary manager, then get a temporary manager, and then in the summer, get a permanent manager. Yeah. The odds on your manager... Brendan Rodgers is about three and a half to one. Michael Carrick is four to one to get it permanently. Poch yeah. is six to one. Ten Hag is eight to one. And then you go into a load of names that don't really matter because they're yeah. people like Darren Potter, uh, Graham Potter, sorry, and yeah. Darius Simeone well, and Locatelli and stuff. Right? Yeah. So, so let's take it, take it one at a time. So the, the first thing is... And I understand why Carrick has, has sort of been given it as an interim. Uh, no, caretaker. Caretaker, sorry. Um, it's because uh, we're, we're looking to appoint an interim to get to the summer, whether that's Laurent Blanc or someone like that who they've said, and there's issues with him. We, we, I don't really want to go on to it because I think it's documented that he's had some recordings he's, and stuff. He's, he's also um, never like managed a domestic team very well at all. I don't think I mean, he wasn't great at PSG, but he was really good at um, was it Bordeaux or wherever it was. I can't remember. It was another French side. He did quite well. At. Anyway, uh, Carrick, Carrick's win. The issue is is that Carrick, McKenna, and Fletcher have all been and part Phelan. of uh, and Phelan have all been part of this terrible coaching sure. setup that we've had, and they are all still there. So, yeah. so they're just they're effectively cutting the head off the snake by getting rid of Solskjaer, but you've still got the, the back body of the start. snake. Yeah, that that aren't good enough yes we need someone in there or we need people in there to you know to take training and, and put the cones out and, and do all that and and, and and be on the sideline during the matches i get it but when the new manager comes in the new manager has to be able to bring in whoever it is has to be able to bring in his own team it, yeah. it is absolutely stupid if you think you're going to bring in a manager to take over the same coach, set of coaches that that clearly aren't doing anything on the they're doing enough on the training pitch Solskjaer himself said he doesn't deal with the training. Yes, he's there and he watches it and he stands at the sides and watches, but it's Phelan and Carrick and, and McKenna yeah. that, take, that take the training sessions. Clearly, that's not working. So No. So, they basically... I mean, what they have essentially done is... It's like a token move for the fans, I think, this. What would have made sense, realistically, is they waited until they get a manager in that they can appoint permanently or as an interim until the new year, which has worked in the past. It worked with Chelsea. It mainly, it mainly works with Chelsea. But with Chelsea, with Roberto Di Matteo, it worked with Chelsea, with Rafa Benitez. At both times, they won a European championship or you know, a European title of some sort, right? The thing with United is Michael Carrick is inexperienced. That's not to say that he's bad. He's inexperienced. Yeah. Um, Thielen is old school Fergie yeah. and then tried it at different clubs and didn't make it. McKenna, I've got no idea who he is until about two weeks ago. Um, and then Fletcher is kind of a weird position where he's technical. Yeah. Technical director and coach. He sort of gets involved with the coaching as well. Now, you know, like I said, we, we just need to, whoever we appoint, if they're going to bring in someone as an interim, fine to the end of the season, but the new manager has to be able to come in and bring his own team because if you've still got the same set of coaches running things on a day-to-day basis in the background, yeah, it's it's just not going to make it's not going to make any difference. It will be in, so, having the same conversation eighteen months down the line. Um, so Carrick comes in, right? Carrick now yeah. comes in for the next game, basically. Yeah, until they find an interim the manager. That 
never in my lifetime has Manchester United been an undesirable job. No. And it is currently undesirable. In, so, in my eyes, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm a manager at the moment and I go, you know what, I've either got a job and I'm finding it, similar to what Emery did with Newcastle. I've got a job, I'm all right with it. I'm, you know, I've just won the, the uh, Europa League. Europa League yeah. You know, whatever it is. If you're someone like, I mean, even if you look at people like Gareth Southgate, he's going, I've got, I've just got a brand new contract with England. Just looking at this list, Eric Ten Hag has everything that he wants at Ajax apart from the the size of the league to push himself on yeah. to be able to win the Champions League. You know, Laurent Blanc is in the French team. Luis Enrico is, I think, Spanish manager at the moment. Well, Laurent Blanc's managing out in Qatar at the moment, somewhere like that. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's out in Qatar or something. Oh, yeah, Deschamps is, sorry, the France manager. Yeah, Deschamps, yeah. yeah. Graham Potter is in a better position at Brighton than he would be at... Uh, yeah. um, you know, Mancini's on this list, Lopetegui's on this list. Yeah, some apparently... Um, Nagelman gets on the list, but I think that's yeah. just... The, the, Nagelman isn't leaving Bayern anytime soon. No, no, right? but I think, I think that's just on the bet list because yeah. it helps people make money. Yeah. So they're like, oh, it happened before. You know, Waz is on the list, <laughs> Mar- Roberto Martinez, Favre, David Moyes. David Moyes now, I personally think that David Moyes now would be quite a good manager for you guys because he's clearly proved that he can do more than United let him do. And I think he didn't get the support from Edward Woodward. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I, yeah. I, Woodward's going touch wood, hopefully as soon as, as soon as possible. But, Edward Woodward but, um, touch wood. Yeah. Something like that touches his wood. Um, but um, Moyes, no, it, yeah, I know it should, wouldn't happen, but he, but he, know, but he yeah. is a good manager. Oh clearly. yeah, I'm not, I'm not debating that. Yeah, he, he had to, he had to so, go away to like. Right. Uh, he went to Real Sociedad, uh, you know, and he had to go away. Yeah, but you know, he, then he was at West Ham, lost, uh, left, and then to come back. So he's, you know, he, it's taken him a long time to get back okay. to where probably, probably his because United absolutely there. destroyed him emotionally. Yeah, yeah confidence so, absolutely. Carrick is in now. With yeah. his his harem of you know ex players and managers, yeah. jobs for the boys. Yeah, the interim manager is who? So uh, can't be Giggs because he beats his wife up. It can't yeah. be allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, yeah allegedly. Um, um, it, so, it's not be someone like Roy Keane because no. he because United hate him basically because he left as he did. Yeah. Gary Neville's got no interest in football management. Phil Neville's in America. David Beckham's an owner. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think the, the the two that I've heard mostly today have been uh, Laurent Blanc until sort of the end of the season, um, and and Lopetegui um, is another one that's been uh, apparently suggested to the board by uh, what's the name of the what's the name of the super agents? Jorge Mendes. Sorry, Lopetegui is he not the severe manager? Uh, I, he might still be there. I don't know. So, so why? So why would you do uh, it? Well, I don't know. Is, is the answer? Lauren Blanc, I, I just he, remembered, played for United, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he, he replaced the Apstam for just less than half a season. Stop bringing in ex players. Players, yeah, but, but John, that doesn't mean got, anything. The fact he's an ex player doesn't mean a single yeah, thing. But he's but but um, Lauren Blanc isn't a died died in the wall. Red. He was only there for like half a season before he retired because it was clearly he was, he was so far past his prime at that point. It was ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, but I don't um, think I don't think that it's a coincidence 
that he's getting linked with that job. He was there for two seasons, by the way. He played 48 games for him. So, I mean, he's more of a red yeah, than know, you know, people that yeah. haven't. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Didn't but too much, but you just, I think, go out and and pay some money, pay some money and get a decent manager. This is this is, this is the board and and uh, how we how do how we call it the incompetency of of the board. They clearly, you know, they've just had two weeks uh, international break. They've had a couple yeah. of international breaks, and they've there's been obviously no. No succession planning whatsoever. You know for a fact that that when Guardiola leaves in a, in a season or two, Man City have already had discussions about who's going to replace him. Oh, they've you already know, got someone you know, lined up. Yeah, they've already got someone lined up. You know for a fact that Liverpool probably got a, a, a follow-on plan yeah, for, for when, when Klopp. Well, yeah, for when, for when Klopp leaves. Do you know who but, hasn't? Chelsea don't. Chelsea have no Chelsea's idea what happens. Chelsea's Players a different... Manager to manager, they've no idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think, but I United think don't United have that. United fit into the Chelsea mould more than they fit into the Manchester City mould more than they fit into the Liverpool yeah, mould. Yeah, because, because our board are incompetent and have no sort of idea about succession planning. It's, that's, I mean, that's I don't mean wrong. that. I mean, Chelsea obviously are, you know, competent through and through. But I think if I look at... But the thing is, if I look at this list, the names that are on this list, go out and spend money on Ten Hag. Ten Hag would go to Manchester United if you paid the money. Yeah, go out and get Edwin van der Sar. I know that he is ex-United, but he's yeah. done it at Ajax. It's not like he's yeah. an, It's not like where you've just given someone a job. It's not like when Chelsea gave Frank Lampard the job and they gave Frank Lampard the job because he's Frank Lampard and all the fans asked for it, so they gave it to him because they had to basically... They were just that. I'm not going to get into that because yeah. there was no risk in giving Frank Lampard that job because they had a transfer ban. So they could just always do that. It's not like that. Get Van der Sar in as director of football because he's done a cracking job at Ajax. Get Ten Hag in as manager... Spend the money on it because the money you spend now, oh, I don't know, Glazers, why don't you not take a dividend this month and just yeah. let let your well, team got, have the they've got even their, like their Poch- Tampa Bay Bucks to, uh, to keep keep afloat. So Pochettino is the, the guy that everyone thinks is going to be basically that that's how it looks, right? It looks like there's an interim manager, which let's face it, is probably going to be Michael Carrick because no one else is going to come in as an interim. So it's going to be yeah. Laurent Blanc or Michael Carrick until the end of the season. Then you're probably going to end up with Pochettino because that should have happened. And this is the thing that really pisses me off about United. Like, granted, I'm not a United fan, so I've got no... If anything, I should want you to have the worst manager in the world. But mm-hmm. that doesn't make our league any more exciting in this, this country. You should have given Maurizio Pochettino whatever he wanted. Yeah. yeah. Even you when... Should... So, just going back to Oli, whenever, whenever things got tenuous and he was looking like he was going to lose his job or he was looking like we were going through a blip all of a sudden he'd pull a couple of great results out of his yeah, backside yeah. and we'd go on a bit of a run and it would all be forgotten and he did it repeatedly like two or three times he, he got he got, yeah he got that stay of execution because he pulled some great results out absolutely when Potch had left uh Spurs he was probably yeah. He was probably the right man. We should have we should yeah. have got in. He's, he's proven to improve players. I think managing PSG is like a completely different kettle of fish to managing any other team in the world. Yeah. Let's be fair, um, because it's more about just massaging egos than it is actually doing tactical stuff. Because you just tell him yeah. to go out and play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against Poch if we got him. I think if I had to make a choice, I'd go for. Uh, Ten Hag and Van yeah, no. uh, Sar. I've told you this before. Yeah, I wanted Nagelsmann yeah. before he went to Bayern, but yeah, that's that ship sailed. I, I yeah. do think though that the caveat to Ten Hag and and Van Sar is is they are at Ajax now. 
Ajax and Bayern are two of the most well-organised, well-run and well-structured clubs going. But yeah. what, what they have, which which United absolutely don't and, and, and a number of other clubs don't, is they have their way of playing. They have their way of uh, educating mm-hmm. players as they come through their youth ranks. They have their way of playing. Then they stick to that, that philosophy that runs from all the way through the club. So it doesn't matter who's the manager of Ajax or who's the manager of Bayern because people can come in yeah. and adapt. To, they have to adapt to the to the Bayern Munich way of doing things, the, the, the Ajax but, way of doing things, and, and they keep winning. You know, it's, it's, it's not, not this fantasy. It's not what United do have. Because you, you just said the word fantasy before I interrupted yeah. you. But there is a United way of playing. But they don't have they don't have a, a play style. But it's not it's not a it's not a technical or, or a formational uh, type of of view. The, the United way is promote youth, play the youth, play wingers, you know, yeah. and, and get crosses into the box. Ajax is you 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 play possession based football. You play uh, a particular formation. You you, yeah. you know you you bring in players that suit that system. And you suit suit the Ajax way, and you educate them in that way. A bit like you know, Barcelona have this you know, uh, La Masia, their 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 training ground. They bring people up in that sort of uh, Johan Cruyff, oh, Tikka Taka sort of way. Yeah, you've got yeah. Xavi, Luis Enrique, and, and Pep, yeah. of uh, three of their most recent managers, and they all yeah. came through that system. Yeah. I think so. For for me, you're you're probably not going to get a Ten Hag. We we already kind of know this because his name's not even really been mentioned. It's going to be probably Pochettino. Pochettino's best work for me was actually at Southampton. It wasn't at Spurs. He then improved at Spurs, and he just didn't get the support he needed. Um, I mean, I mean, taking Spurs. Yeah, we, we've talked about them being allergic to trophies, but getting into a Champions League final, yeah, is is quite huge. Doesn't doesn't it? matter who you played at that point. It, it honestly doesn't matter who you played. Yeah. People are like, oh, well, they had an easy draw through to the final. No, you're in the Champions League, mate. There's nothing easy. Yeah. Like if United, even regardless of the situation you're in, if United can leave, uh, can lose to young boys, uh, yeah. then uh, you know the, there's always gonna be a problem. If we struggled last, I think last season or season before against Valencia, drew two two against Valencia a couple of seasons ago, like Chelsea, like you know if that can happen, anything can happen. Um, Ajax get into a semi final that year. It was just a year where it was explosions happened basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to end on this basically. Give me your three things that the next United manager has to do. He has to get a bit of belief back in the team. So one, yeah. he has to he has to get us organised. He has to get us. He has to make us harder to beat. So that's three um, things already. Are those your three things? <laughs> yeah, they're fine. I'm I'm, just... I'm talking about your your three top things. So this this can be uh, for me. Do you want me to give you what mine are? Because I think mine mine are are very very easy. You need to get a structure within the team and get a play style in place. That's the first thing. Get that team playing how you want them to play. The second thing is you bring in experienced coaches to make sure that when you're, it's not just, oh, we want you to run there when that person runs here. It's getting that football knowledge and the way that, that people play football. It's getting someone in that has done that job previously. Michael Carrick is a prime example. He's probably a very good coach. He's probably not a very good tactician yet, because I don't think you get that for a long time. So that's that's number two. Get a good team of coaches and a backroom staff behind you. Third thing, ask Trilex Ferguson to leave the club alone. Because he is the person that is probably the problem here. Every, every issue you hear from Manchester United is, well, that's how it was for 27 years. 
well, we're not going to play as well as we were 27 years ago. 27 years, this Alex Ferguson, this, this is how we played as a team. That was 27 years. That was an anomaly in football. So get the team playing the way you want them to play them. Get a decent backroom staff in. Ask for Alex Ferguson to do one. Thanks for your, your service. Be an ambassador for it, but get out of our club. That's what I think they should do. What are yours? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we spoke about this before. The thing with Ferguson thing is, is, is it's very hard. I mean, it's going to take uh, a cold-hearted person to, to turn around to him and say, you need to leave the club. I do get what you're saying. I do think he probably still has an overriding influence over the club that, that isn't yeah. the healthiest. Um, but I know yeah, he wants the best for the club and, uh, and, I, and I get that. And he is an absolute legend. And, uh, and I don't think I could ever say anything to him in that regards to say to leave the club so what are your three things so uh so well you've you've covered them we need we need better coaches by you know a thousand percent our coaches are not good enough uh we need a uh we need clear tactics and and uh passing and and patterns of play we just don't have it we don't have a you know you if you if you talk about you know prime barcelona you can see the way they play you could say this is exactly you know exactly what they're going to do they're going to keep the ball they're going to kill you at the pass that's just the way yeah uh, you say liverpool you know they're going to press you and press yeah, you and press you yeah. and they're going to absolutely hammer you uh high up the field you know city are going to keep the ball all day um, yeah. And they're going to beat you, beat you with their midfield and their Chelsea will pass control. it around, control the midfield. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, even Arsenal to a certain yeah. extent now, you can yeah. see that they be very solid at the back, hit teams on a counter attack, yeah. um, and take and, uh, advantage when you have got the ball. You know, yeah. so so it's so it's that so it's it's getting those tactics, the play, play, the the better coaches, and and get someone in who is not afraid to. To make tough decisions as a manager, well, He's not afraid. Oh, to be, manager, right? Yeah, not afraid to be. Uh, you know, to 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 tell players they are aren't performing and make those big decisions because Ollie, for everything, is a nice guy. He, yeah, he was he was good friends he, with with a lot of the players. You know, he he definitely had favourites and he picked. You know, he picked them uh, all the time. He overplayed. You know, he ran like last season. We got to the Europa League final, and up. he didn't make a substitution until about the hundred and tenth minute. You know, he literally, yeah. he which that should have been the game where he was he was done yeah, yeah. because it was shocking. He he overplayed everybody, and I think because he's not rotated his squad and he's mismanaged the squad so badly, you're seeing like Maguire's having a really bad time of it. Luke Shaw's having a really bad time of it. Wan-Bissaka's playing terribly. You know. Uh, Rashford already got injured and stuff like that. You know, yeah. we're just not a, a well. He's not managed the squad well, and and that's why we've got a lot of people that are upset with him or, or angry, and probably a few people that are quite relieved that he's gone now. Yeah. Um, but so you, so we need a manager who's who's strong, tough, and and you know willing to tell these players, you know, in no uncertain terms, they need to pull this their weight. Enough, yeah. So yeah, I, my biggest issue, or one of them, was was Solskjaer would always be sat there on the side watching his iPad, watching the iPad. Rather yeah, he's than always he's always sort standing, of being like this, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, watching it on the iPad rather than standing on the side. You know, watching watching yeah. Spurs today, I, and I know I think maybe some of it is for for the camera, but to see Conte at the end of the game after they because he's Italian. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, just show a bit of passion on the sidelines. I don't even care, you know. Yeah. Even if you're not shouting anything, you're just waving your arms. Look like you're doing something, not just sitting there mm. watching an iPad, like 
you know, not doing anything. I think, okay. yeah, that's it. So, I, he's gone. United basically have now, they're out of the, the Ollie out phase, which has been there for a long time, right? Yeah. I think it's good for your club. I think that um, the next step can only be better than what you currently have. Yeah. Although that's always, you know, sort of a risk that something's going to be worse than what you currently have. I'm going to let you finish off this particular podcast. Give us a, a 30 second overview of what your uh, your views are on this whole thing now. Okay. So uh, the whole situation has been uh, a shambles from start to finish. He should yeah. never have been given the job permanently in the first place. He's always going to be a legend. He'll always be loved at, at United for, for what he achieved as a player and, yeah. and for what he did when he first came in as an interim. Um, I think the board and uh, and the structure behind him is still terrible and, and needs sorting. Um, I, I think you can't lay the blame completely to the board. They backed him to the tune of 440-odd million. Yeah. Um, but I think Oli has only himself to blame. And when he looks back on these things, he'll see that, you know, he probably did overplay a lot of players. He probably did have favourites and he should have used other play, other other people. Um, I think his lack of experienced and high quality coaches uh, and his lack of tactical ability, uh, in-game management is ultimately what's cost him his job. And I think it couldn't have got any worse uh, but to lose 4-1 to, to Watford this weekend, who, let's be honest, could have been 3-0 up at half-time if they scored that penalty. Um, that, is, that is the worst it got. So yeah, that's that's it. He, he's he gone. I'm I'm relieved more than happy, is, is not the right word. Um, I just hope, although I don't trust the board to make the right decision and appoint someone that will be the right fit for our club and to get our squad playing to the ability that should don't forget it's the second most expensive squad assembled in the world so yeah. that you know Newell and we've got says the worst form it says a lot so I'm glad he's gone um, thank you for what you've done but it's time for someone else with more experience more knowledge and ultimately a better manager to take the reins yeah. who that is who knows please be, please be Ten Hag <laughs> Put it in the comments who everyone else thinks is going to be the next United manager. Like this video, comment on it, subscribe to it, share it with your friends. We'll be back probably in a couple of days' time with some non-Manchester United-related content. Don't know what we're going to do now, Ben, because this is all we talk about. Well, um, we, we've got to talk about the, some of the other results this weekend. We, we, didn't do, we didn't do MVPs, we didn't do red cards. We've got, we've got all that stuff. We'll, we'll be back later in the week. Um, yeah, Ollie is out. It's no longer at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs>